Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's 930 in 716. If there's going to be a special election, this governor must call it at the earliest possible date. And just like that, the race for NY27 is changed as David Bellavia steps aside and the negative campaign ads step in. Some have told me it's a compliment that uh, I'm I'm kind of the lead candidate right now, so I have a target. Simply uh, as a voter, you have to just kind of throw your hands up in the air and either tune in or, for that matter, out. I'm Tim Wenger on 930 and 716. David Bellavia may have cleared some things up Sunday when he made it known he won't seek a seat in Congress representing NY27. Uh, the county leaders within the district in the eight counties are very focused right now on their local election. And that, of course, is true. But New York State GOP Chair Nick Langworthy knows the juxtapositioning will swing into high gear with Bellavia out of the way and a clearer focus of the GOP side of NY27 coming into view in advance of, first, a special election to fill the seat left vacant by Chris Collins. Uh, our, our mission is clear. Is, is we need to, if there's going to be a special election, this governor must call it at the earliest possible date. Um, I'm most deeply concerned about the governor trying to put his thumb on the scale and call this special election for presidential primary day, where there will be virtually no uh, presidential primary going on in the Republican Party, but there is promises to be a very vigorous Democratic primary going on, and it, it's uh, an attempt to put their thumb on the scale and tip it in favor of the Democrat Party. That's what you have to be expecting, right? I mean, he, he's basically said, you know, I want to do it on a day when there's already an election happening. It can't be this November, so the next one would be that date. That's pretty much the day you have to be circling on the calendar right now. Well, that's the day that I, I think that the governor is there, but I think it's it's it will, you know, we have to get through these 2019 elections, but uh, there are a lot of people that are concerned that the governor is going to try to, you know, do this. Is he, he has a pattern of trying to legalize rigged elections, uh, and if he does that, it will be a message to the taxpayers of this area that he uh, is trying to, you know, really affect the outcome by, by calling it on that day. So, you know, there, there are steps that we will take when the time comes to, to try to, to change that dynamic. How much attention can a campaign focus on a special election when you'd have uh, presumably uh, another uh, Republican primary uh, right around the corner and then the general election later that year? Well, it all depends. I mean, a, a special election, um, I, you know, Brian, you, you covered politics when we had a special election here. Uh, it is a three-ring circus, and all of uh, the national media comes to town, the national outside groups come to town. It's much more focused than a, a, a regular run-of-the-mill primary. So uh, there is no way to not focus on a special election uh, if it's to be called, and I, I think you will you know, see a very large, you know, full-scale campaign going on here. 
You worried at all about the infighting? I mean, already this morning uh, I heard uh, uh, during the show there was a an ad attacking Chris Jacobs looking at this MY27 race that's over, you know, we're over a year out from November of 2020 when this might all be said and done. Are you worried about infighting amongst Republicans maybe hurting the party in other seats? Well, I have not uh, heard any ads yet, but, um, you know, Anything is possible. I, I think it's very disheartening that candidates, uh, if, if they're going in that direction this early, I don't think that's the way to, to curry favor and, and be seen as someone that's trying to, you know, be a, a positive uh, force within the Republican Party at this point. So uh, I, I would certainly urge people to, uh, to, to go out there and talk about the merits of their own candidacies. Do you think the door is still open for David maybe, uh, who knows, uh, several years down the line should he decide to throw his hat in the ring uh, in politics again? I have the utmost admiration for David and his service, and, and I think this decision by him you know, really exemplifies what he's all about. He's putting his service to his country before any political aspirations. Um, his accomplishments are uh, un- unrivaled. Uh, by, by anyone I've I've seen, you know, come come through the door politically, and you know, when that time comes down the road, whatever the district boundaries may look like, if if that's something he's looking to do, I, I'm sure that door will be wide open to him. And only hours passed since the Bellavia decision became known, and the perceived front runner in the race began to hear ads funded by a national committee blasting him for being a so-called never Trumper. I woke up yesterday morning and. Uh, heard the ads start running. Uh. State Senator Chris Jacobs was surprised, but tells us he'll continue to focus on the issues facing NY27. You know, this, the, the day after Dave Bellavia decided not to run, uh, obviously something that had been in the works uh, before, but uh, um, unfortunately we're going to be off focus about the important issues uh, that affect the 27th Congressional District and talk, uh, you know, be political infighting, but uh, we'll get through it. You know, when uh, you sat down in here with me to talk about your campaign, I mentioned uh, to you, I think it was one of the first things I said to you, that for some reason you are the one candidate who uh, people are targeting, uh, attacking uh, in this campaign. A lot of talking, you know, all the candidates amongst uh, themselves about themselves, but uh, you are the one that kind of gets singled out. What do you think that says about your campaign to this point? Uh, some have told me it's a compliment that uh, I'm, I'm kind of the lead candidate right now, so I have a target. Uh, but uh, I, again, I, I really would rather talk about uh, the issues of importance to the district. I mean, right now I'm down south on the border, uh, touring uh, the wall or where the wall should be, uh, and touring, uh, learning about the important issues about our immigration crisis that is happening down here. So I'm trying to be the best candidate I can for the 27th district, understanding the real issues nationally and the impact on them locally. I'll just continue to do that. I will say it is very ironic and hypocritical, frankly, this group, the Club for Growth, this D.C. group that is funding this uh, and calling me a never-Trumper, which actually has been uh, proved to be false, to be fake news from a a PolitiFact, a third-party entity, Um, but that this Club for Growth was one of the biggest Trumpers, uh, uh, never Trumpers, going. They spent millions of dollars to take out the president when he ran in 2016. A million dollars alone in Iowa, 
they supported almost every other major candidate. Uh, so they're one of the original founders of the Never Trump movement, and for them to attack me is really laughable. Chris, the fact that this campaign is running, does this now change your strategy at all? Oh, no, not at all. I, I mean, uh, I just move forward and, uh, again, talking about important issues like our need to pa- uh, pass the new uh, trade act with Canada and Mexico and and the things that are very important to the district, uh, and that's what they want me to do. They want me to get off uh, track and, and kind of get caught up in this. And, you know, what really is unfortunate is that uh, now we're, you know, infighting with Republican against Republican. And what we really need to be doing is focusing on the fact that there's most likely going to be a special election uh, in probably April. Uh, and uh, during the presidential primary, where Democratic turnout will be very high, we have a real race at hand. We we could lose this race now to a Democrat. Uh, we need to be focused on talking about the issues so we make sure we hold this seat in Republican hands. That's what I wish we were talking about right now. You said you woke up uh, yesterday morning. You heard that ad. Are you surprised that all of this, uh, this part of the campaign is beginning so soon? I mean, we are uh, over, you know, you mentioned a special election, but we're still over a year away from what would be a general election in 2020. I, I, you know, I've I, I run for office before, and, you know, you can't predict what other people do and when they do it. Uh, but, I, you know, I've, I feel I've, I've stood up to political bullies in the past, from Phil Remore to the New York teachers spending a, a $7 million, $700,000 against me. I just keep moving, and, and I, I'm going to talk about the issues. And I, I put my record of service to this community uh, record both in pu- the public sector, the nonprofit sector, and the private sector uh, up against uh, these attacks by, you know, by millionaires who throw money in a pot and decide to play in local elections and control congressional people. I'll put my record up against them. And I have a lot of faith in, in the residents of Western New York and the voters of Western New York that, uh, that things will work out just fine. An election in the NY27 district seems a long way off to most of us, and the nasty negative ads seem to be a surprise, but not to many a political insider. Here's why. Ever since uh, two things happened, number one, Chris Collins dropped out of the race simply because he is going to be going to prison, and David Bellavia, who was rumored or was thinking of jumping into the District 27 race, uh, decided to not get into the race. Dave Leventhal with the Center for Public Integrity in D.C. and a regular contributor on WBEN. This is something that is highly competitive, and it's not going to be competitive in a conventional sense. We oftentimes think of elections like this, congressional elections, in terms of the general election. Well, the real race here is going to be in the primary on the Republican side. District 27 is one of the reddest districts in New York State, Donald Trump won it by more than 21%, or 24 percentage points. And by virtue of that, uh, you're going to have a lot of sparring and a lot of fighting internally within the Republican Party. And this new Club for Growth Super PAC ad that's going up is just the first of a lot more that we're going to see with what could be several different Republican candidates vying for the nomination of the Republican Party. I mean, it's early for, I think, a lot of onlookers who are thinking, well, we're going to be hearing this all the way until November of next year, because that's when the race will finally be settled. But maybe not so early if you think about a special election that could happen in April. I mean, well, actually, maybe still a little bit early, but uh, that's a little bit sooner than next November. 
Yeah, and a lot of people are just going to, of course, roll their eyes and say, already we're, we're going to have to deal with ads for an election that, that's a year away. But, yeah, you, you said, hey, is this a new normal? It's absolutely the new normal, and it's not localized just to the Buffalo area. It's all across the country, and the presidential race has uh, quite literally been going on, uh, the 2020 presidential race, uh, since the day of Donald Trump's inauguration when he filed paperwork to raise money for his reelection. So you're seeing sort of a halo effect all across the country in competitive races where candidates are getting in and raising money and running constantly. There's no off-season. There's always an on-season for politics. So because of that, uh, you just simply, uh, as a voter, have to just kind of throw your hands up in the air and either tune in or, for that matter, tune out. Well, what do you think this ad says about Chris Jacobs, the uh, person that, he, that the ad is targeting? It happening uh, this early and singling out Jacobs amongst uh, all the other people who have thrown their hat in the ring. This is a pretty typical for the club for growth. Not a household name for most people, but it's a very powerful super PAC political organization. And uh, they spend millions of dollars, usually three, four million dollars every election cycle to uh, to do this kind of thing, to support very highly conservative, especially fiscally conservative candidates, and also to go after other candidates, including Republicans, who they don't feel are conservative enough. So as a result of that, of the Club for Growth, this is just uh, kind of their playbook, and we're seeing it in uh, District 27, which is kind of interesting, too, because it wasn't long ago we were having conversations about where are the super PACs in District 27? Of course, that was in the context of Chris uh, Collins and Nate McMurray, the Democrat, running against each other when Democratic super PACs weren't helping out Nate McMurray, much to his chagrin, and could have very well helped him win that election. And here we are with another election going on, and it's Republican super PACs getting involved here. And the Club for Growth is a pretty big one by Washington, D.C. standards over here uh, when it comes to the amount of money and the resources that they can bring to bear. All right, so who does this group want if they don't want Chris Jacobs? Yeah, and, and that's unclear right now. They're looking at Stefan Mihailu, uh, for example, someone who uh, hasn't got into the race yet but is considering it. And it's not about necessarily supporting a candidate but making sure that they're painting a candidate who they don't like in a negative light, knowing full well that he's going to have a primary competitor. So that, too, is part of their playbook, uh, where they will go after candidates and sort of try to define them very early in terms that, uh, well, of course, they're defining him in as somebody who is not supporting Donald Trump, uh, in their opinion, somebody uh, who doesn't have a fiscally conservative record uh, to their liking. That's uh, what you can expect from the Club for Growth, at least in the early offing here. Um, you know, Stefan Mahilu, you mentioned him. He has uh, been attacking Chris Jacobs from day one. Uh, of Jacob's campaign. Mahilu, by the way, still isn't officially in, although a lot of people expecting him to jump in anytime soon. So if these two end up uh, kind of slugging it out uh, through a special election and maybe a primary, you know, what does that mean for uh, someone like uh, Rob Ortz, who's the other, you know, uh, one of the other faces in this? I mean, is that a good thing for him necessarily to kind of maybe slide through there and take uh, the high road, so to speak? Or is a name not being in the headlines, whether it's good or bad, maybe not quite as good? If you don't have notoriety, if people who uh, are, are not familiar with you are, are expected to go and vote for you, then that's kind of a bad position to be in. So anyone, whether it's him or any other candidate who may get in the Republican fray, they're going to have to do something to stand out. It's not going to likely be enough for them just to kind of uh, slide through anonymously uh, in a race and expect to get what would uh, probably be 
20, 25, 30% of the vote in what could be a fairly crowded three, four, five-way primary. And so somebody's going to have to do better than just hope that the other two are going to burn themselves out. Dave, where does the special election fit in? Is it an advantage to be the Republicans selected to run in the special election or or not? Does it matter? Well, you, certainly, if you win, that's a great thing for you. Special elections are entirely different animals, oftentimes, than uh, just a standard, regular congressional election. And the biggest reason is because you will have national groups really focusing in and honing in on those elections and oftentimes dumping a whole heck of a lot of money because it's the only race going at that point uh, or something that is going to have national stature as opposed to just local implications. So I expect that the special election could be a real focal point, uh, not just for Western New York and District 27, but also to all across the country. And it would uh, be something that's uh, going to be a little bit different than uh, Buffalo area districts often see. Stay tuned as we await the date of a special election to be selected. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.